Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Oh, I'm so excited to jump on another episode here with you today and share some more mindset. Now, in the last episode, we talked about being like a palm tree and bending but not breaking, being a person like that. So when the storm is over and this COVID-19 storm, we're praying that it's over here soon, that we as palm trees are ready to grow. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely check it out. Now, before I return to an update on my own cleaning business and going back into the DeLorean, I would like to share another episode on some mindset and this one about how to train your clients for them to understand that you are not just a cleaner, but you are a specialist. You are an expert. So before I dive into that mindset, let's do some funny papers. In a prior episode or two, I've shared that I had a client of mine, Erica, post in the Facebook moms group about my service. She recommended me. It led to eight leads from other moms in the group. One of those leads, Monique, hired me to clean her house every other week. Now, I've been very thankful that Monique has been willing to stay with me through COVID-19 and I could clean and disinfect her home. This is a funny story that I am confident 90% of you have done before. And if you think I'm going to say, okay, Ken, yeah, I have turned the shower faucet on while I was cleaning it and I drenched myself. Okay, yes, that is another one that we've all done. So that's not the funny story, but yes, we have definitely taken showers in other people's homes unintentionally, but yet nonetheless effective. (laughs) Now back to this one. Have you ever dot, 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 pulled up to clean a new house. You've maybe been there once or twice or possibly it's your first time. You got your address typed into Google Maps. You pull up to the house. You get your gear out. And in my case, I'm disinfecting my gear between houses, taking my vacuum parts out and making sure that they're disinfected prior to going in. And I am getting my mask and my gloves on. Once I'm done, I grab my gear, and of course, I'm super efficient, so I have all of my gear in one trip with both hands fully occupied, and I walk up the sidewalk toward the front door. I look in that first window, that first familiar window, which is her office. I usually see her sitting there. Once I walk up, she'll get up and let me in the front door. This time, I didn't see her in that window, and I wondered, hmm, I wonder why she's not there. I get to the door. I knock, and she didn't get up to answer. I said, that's strange. So in in the past when she didn't answer, I would just open the door, and that's what I would do at prior houses because people leave their doors open. They know when the cleaner's coming, and of course, I have an email schedule alert that she knows I'm going to be there at 7.30 in the morning. Sure enough, here it is, 7.30. So I can open the door because the door was left open for me. So I turn the doorknob open the door, and I take one footstep in, and the surroundings look a little different. The foyer looks a little different. Monique's office on the right-hand side with the French doors looks a little bit different. The furnishings look different. The staircase has changed. 
I am thinking, Monique, did you get every modeling job done in the last 14 days that I was not aware of? And here I am standing one foot in the house, one foot out the house, mask, gloves, all of my gear, 7.30 in the morning, no one's there, and it dawns on me, full comprehension. I am at the wrong house. I just walked into someone else's house. Police, oh no, don't come, I'm just a cleaner. I've been through this before. Get on your knees, stick them up. Okay, yes sir, I've been through that before. I wasn't about to go through it again, so I just said, sorry. Didn't know who heard me or not. I closed the door behind me. I double-timed it back to my car, loaded my gear, jumped in the car, parked my car 50 feet away from where it was at the next driveway and did it all again. Walked up the driveway, the sidewalk, saw Monique sitting there. When I got to the front door, she let me in. Hi, Ken. And I said, whew, it's you. Thank God. All right, be honest now, solo cleaners. Have you ever done that? Have you ever knocked on the wrong door? Have you ever walked into the garage of the wrong house? Have you ever walked in the front door like I did of the wrong house? Could you imagine if someone was there and they see a strange person in all of their mask and in all of their protective gear and all of their cleaning stuff? Imagine the fright. So I am very thankful that the police was not called. Let me dive in to the mindset for today. Train your clients. I have to give credit where credit is due. Every week, I run the Smart Cleaning Tribe. It's a wonderful family of cleaning service owners, all with employees, not solo cleaners, although they were solo cleaners and they decided to grow. And this tribe, this amazing family of cleaning service owners, we get together every week and we do accountability around SMART goals every month. And especially for this past COVID three months, we have all pressed in to helping each other and helping our communities. And the power of having a tribe around you is incredible. And the way that I share about what our tribe is, it's really the fellowship of the 1%. So few people set goals, write them down, make them SMART, and then have accountability around them. That's 1% of people, but yet their success, if you go back to the podcast on accountability, you'll notice that their success rates are through the roof compared to the people that don't have goals. So this smart cleaning tribe, that's who we are, the 1% that have this level of goals and accountability. In this week's call, we were talking about client issues, and when the scope of work changes, how do you deal with that? The example came from Heather in this case, where one of her longtime clients got some dogs during COVID-19. Obviously, the work for each visit will increase. We kicked around ideas. I went around the tribe and each member shared what their go-to is within their own system. And we got some great opinions. It really helped Heather figure out what she would do next. And then right at the end of this discussion, just an amazing, amazing nugget came from our very own Kate Sloan, from Two Chicks and a Broom, from Montgomery, Minnesota. She said this, I train my clients. I said, Kate, come again? What are you talking about? And we went into this awesome sidebar discussion that I want to be able to share with you right now, as I believe it'll help every solo cleaner. Now, Kate runs a business 
with six, seven employees. So she's constantly refining her employee training system. So training is something that she does because that's what it takes to grow beyond yourself from solo to team cleaning. And Kate does a tremendous job. So here's what she said. I train my clients to realize that I'm a professional, that I'm an expert, that I'm a specialist. See, the majority of clients for residential house cleaning are going to be moms. Yes, dads are involved, single people are involved, but the broad majority are moms. And you know what moms think? And we talked about this on this call, and Kate brought it up. It was awesome. She said, when we have an issue with our wiring, we call the electrician. We might not be happy with their prices, but we know they are an expert and therefore we pay the price because we want the wires fixed because we don't want the house to burn down. That same mom, when she has leaky pipes or something stuck after their child flushed down a pair of underwear, oops, that would be my household, sorry about that. Anyway, she calls the plumber because the mom most likely doesn't know how to plumb herself. She's not about to get down with a pipe wrench and some silicone tape and take apart pipes. She's not going to auger the toilet. She's going to call the plumber. And she might not be happy with the plumber's prices, but she recognizes the plumber is an expert. And therefore, she will pay the prices of the expert because she is not an expert in plumbing nor in electricity work. Same thing with an addition or a kitchen or bathroom remodeling. They're not going to try and do it themselves. Let me pull up a couple YouTube videos and see if I can just change this tub out. Or what about in the middle of January when the heater stops working? I'm just going to go grab my wrench. Maybe I'll drain this radiator line out. I'll tap here. I'll tap there. I'll go change the temperature on the furnace and I'll go mess with the hot water heater. I'll just go fix my HVAC system and my heater system. No, many moms are not thinking that. They're going to call the HVAC or the heating guy over to the house and they might not like the repair costs, but they're going to pay because this is the expert. And there's one other aspect of why the mom will pay this expert. Number one, they are the expert. They're paying for the knowledge and the know-how that they don't know how to do. And two, even if they did know how to do it, they're delegating to someone else that could do it better, which saves them time and saves them attention and headache and all kinds of grief. Trust me, I've done plumbing at a rental house that I was living at for seven years, and oh my goodness, I had a whole batch of funny stories of dumb plumbing adventures that I used to share with my client, Barry. So Barry, do you remember those stories and how dumb I was with my plumbing? Yup. Oh boy. Floods in the basement. So after Kate introduced this concept, we all agreed. Absolutely. You're right. We will pay someone to delegate something we can't do or don't want to do. And we will pay more for the expert so that it's done properly. But here's the problem with cleaning. Many moms already do cleaning, and in many cases, they think they are really good at cleaning because maybe they've been doing their house cleaning by themselves since they were a little girl once a week, or they've been cleaning their own house for the past five years, and they believe they're an expert. And so in their case, they don't call the cleaning company 
to bring in their expertise on cleaning. They just don't want to do the cleaning. And so what they do is they put a value on what they think cleaning is worth on the job itself. And so when we come in with prices that are super high, they think, oh, I don't want to pay that much for cleaning. I can do it myself. I just don't want to. And that's the problem. They're only willing to pay for the delegating portion of this. They don't believe we are experts. And so this is where the conversation was kicked around within our tribe call this week. And the question became, well, how do we do this? How do we raise our image? How do we change the branding of who we are? Yes, many cleaning companies are just going to be the cleaner and they will charge the cheap rate. But what if we could be viewed as the specialist, as the expert? What if that mom heard us sharing our knowledge and expertise on the science of cleaning and disinfecting? Do you think if they heard us talking about all of the pathogens and the various ways to kill them and the various ways to do it wrong, for example, my nine mistakes in disinfecting, and I found that 90% of people are disinfecting incorrectly. And so that mom thinking that her home is pathogen-free, especially during coronavirus, COVID-19 times, she finds out that she really does not know. She is not the expert. And when I come in and share these nine mistakes and teach them how to do this properly, this disinfecting thing properly, and this cleaning thing properly with science and start talking about acidity and alkaline and dirt and surface tension and some of the microbiology involved and the physics and filtering. There's so many aspects science related to cleaning. And so if we could learn that specialized knowledge and speak it confidently when we deal with clients or new clients that are coming on board. We can train our clients to see us as something that they are not. They are not the experts in cleaning and disinfecting. We are. And if 90% of people are disinfecting incorrectly, and we offer a proven system of doing it the right way, that has an immediate value higher than just delegating the cleaning. We are an expert in their eyes, just like the plumber, just like the electrician, just like the HVAC guy. And that's all we are looking to do. We're not looking to gouge people on prices, not at all. We just want to raise up the value of our service by what we know. And we have to be confident about what we know. And we have to be willing to share what we know. And we have to be able to teach what we know to our employees if we have a team. And if not, if we're solo, like the listeners of this podcast, we need to teach our clients that we know what we're talking about. Therefore, when they hear our prices are higher, they might not like the prices Yet they will pay them just like they will pay the HVAC guy for their expertise because they realize we are something that they are not. And that's what I encourage you all to get to. In my ISO model solo cleaning school course, I have an entire section on the science of cleaning. And it's not just to make people geeks about cleaning. There's a reason. Because in my marketing section, I teach how to get higher paying clients. Part one, there's a system portion. 
in how many touches you have with each client. But the second part, the science of cleaning, this is the second part of how you get better clients, high paying clients, because cleaning is not just something you do. It's an art form and it's a science. And we prove that we are the specialists, the troubleshooters. We are the experts. And furthermore, Malcolm Gladwell in his bestseller Outliers shares so many stories of how to master a task. And he says there is a 10,000 hours rule. Anything that you have done for 10,000 hours, you are an expert at. And so you look at that mom. She may have been cleaning since she was a little girl once a week, okay, plus her own house. She may be coming up close on 10,000 hours. She might be close to an expert, but it's likely that many moms, as much as they have cleaned, they're probably at the couple thousand hours of cleaning mark. But what about us as solo cleaning business owners? We clean every day of the week, five days a week, 52 weeks a year, eight hours a day. You, you get to 10,000 hours in five years at that pace. And so if you've been cleaning for five years or more, which I'm sure many of you listening to this podcast have been, you are masters. You are experts. If you haven't been cleaning for five years, you'll get there. And imagine this, five years of cleaning with specialized knowledge, now you're even more of an expert. We just need our clients to understand that's the type of cleaning service owner we are. And when we train our clients in this understanding, you will be amazed at the level of value perceived by the client and how much they're willing to pay for your cleaning service. All right, well, that wraps up another episode of the Solo Cleaning School. I hope that you have picked up some valuable mindset on how to train your clients, and I also hope that you've learned a lesson to always check the address of the house that you're going to clean before you knock on the door or walk in. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School class is dismissed.